You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Well, good morning. So good to see each of you here today. Uh, excited to open up. We'll be opening up to the book of Revelation to start with this morning as we continue the, uh, the topic of worship and biblical worship. Obviously, as you might imagine, for Christian people, worship is a pretty important part of what we do. And so, but as you also are aware, if you think much about it, there's a lot of different ideas of worship. As a matter of fact, Worship goes beyond the Christian world into the pagan world, um, the pagan slash heathen world, even those who claim to not believe in God worship something uh, or someone, even if it's just themselves or uh, mankind in general. It's often the case. My apologies, I didn't get wired up before uh, Sunday school because it didn't cross my mind. Uh, Revelation chapter number 4, and I want to begin reading in verse number 11. Revelation 4, verse number 11, and I just want to look at a few verses uh, that help put some things into context about worship, and then I'll remind you of the verses that we started with last week out of 1 Peter, but the Bible says in Revelation 4, 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power For thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. So if you remember, the idea behind worship is is ascribing worth to something or someone. And so that's the idea of worship. So the one that we worship and the one that deserves worship above all is, O Lord, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And then if you'd flip over to Revelation chapter 5, so just... uh, a little bit over there to Revelation 5, verse number 11. We see worship being practiced once again. And uh, both of these instances are actually taking place in heaven. Uh, so they give us a good example of uh, worship. But in Revelation 5, verse 11, the Bible says, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands, so just millions of people, saying with a loud voice. Um, how many of you, you know, it's, it's just interesting, just things I'll point out as we go through. Uh, worship can have many forms. I, I understand that. Uh, worship can be quiet. But for some people, some people carry the idea that worship is only quiet. Uh, I've known people that thought it was irreverent to raise your voice in church, uh, to say amen, or to, oh, this is a reverent place. We should sit quietly and holily, you know, as if we were at a funeral and, and God's the one who died, you know. That's the way some people seem to sit in church. But, but anyway, here in heaven, the Bible says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Folks, real worship is what we're talking about. 
And I love to worship. Uh, I love to worship the Lord. I love to worship my God. And real worship comes from the heart and finds an outlet in actions to express our love and appreciation for the Lord Jesus Christ. So it starts with our hearts. Our text in this lesson spells out some things regarding worship for our Lord. And as we, we begin to talk about last week in 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'll just read those verses again also. I'll be reading a lot of verses, uh, which is pretty good for a Bible study or Sunday school time. But, uh, but, but, but last week we talked about the people of worship. So if, if the topic is real worship, and again, we, we use the term real, and that's kind of the, that's the theme of the series is, is real because as in authentic but also in the right way and, and, and the way God prescribed it. So if we're going to be worshiping right, there are some things that we need to understand. But who are the people that are supposed to be involved in this worship? You know, I mean, is it, uh, is it just the worship team? You know, is it just a select group of people who those folks worship? See, uh, I'm going to get way ahead of myself here uh, before I even introduce this to asking about the people of worship. But I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. Folks, church... And the Christian life is not supposed to be a spectator sport. Right? Uh, you know, what, what's, spectac- what's, what's a spectator sport? Think when you go, you go watch Nebraska play or something, don't you? Uh, I was looking for Chad Whitaker. You go watch Oklahoma play. Uh, or, uh, and, and you sit there. And you cheer and you get involved. But you're really not on the field. But, but, but for some people, you know, that's what church is. It's just like, come and get my seat and... You know, I'm I'm going to watch what goes on. But really, if we're God's people, we're supposed to be coming in and worshiping. We get to worship. And it's not just here that we worship. It's also outside that we worship as well. Uh, And so the the people of worship is God's people. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. He says, you, he's talking to God's people, you are living stones. He said, remember, he's thinking about those Hebrew people that thought about their building as the place of worship. But Jesus is trying to tell us through Peter here that, oh, Jesus is the cornerstone. And if you want to think of a building, you're it. You're the place of worship. You're that, you know, we've been talking about Nehemiah. Last week we were talking about you know, how Ezra had built the temple and the, uh, that uh, rebuilt the temple and the purpose for that temple was to be a light and to show the glory of God because it was the place of worship. Well, for us, really the place of worship is really the person of worship and that's Jesus Christ. But the people of worship are those of us that have been saved by the grace of God. Lively stones. Jesus being the key, chief cornerstone. The church is not comprised of the physical building where we meet but the bible says it's the pillar and the ground of truth there's a this uh first first timothy chapter 3 verse 15 the bible tells us about the church of the living god and again it doesn't mean the building uh even though we call the church building a building and that's fine but it's those who gather together who come out from the world and gather together uh, and it says this But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And just try to keep that in your mind for a little bit. 
that one of the things that, that, that Paul's telling us there that the church is supposed to do, we're the pillar and the ground of truth. We are the, we are the ones who hold up the truth. And how many of you know that truth is under, is, is under uh, more attack ever than it's ever been, at least in our lifetime, today? And that continues. And, and if you ever wonder, if you ever wonder why the attack that goes on in this, even that we see in our country is going on, I'm telling you that a lot of it comes back to the church. Why? Because uh, we're the pillar and the ground of truth. And when you've got people that are trying to uh, perpetrate and, and, and push lies, what happens? What happens is, well, you need, you need to destroy the truth or you need to try to, uh, you know, somehow relegate the truth. But folks, the church it still holds up the truth. Um, and that's one of the reasons why. I, I just got to say this right now. I'm not trying to be political standing up in here, but I'm just trying to be real. Do you know there's people that are in power in our country today that they do not think that China is the biggest threat to the United States of America. They do not believe that Putin is one of the biggest threats to America. They don't believe unsecure borders are the, the biggest threat to America. You want to know what the biggest threat in America is? Look around. Right here. Look up here. There's people who think, we're it. We're the problem. Uh, and we need to be aware of that. And I'm not just trying to be fear-mongering or anything else. I'm telling you the truth. Um, why? We hold the truth. We worship Jesus Christ. And uh, th th there's, there's been a movement, man. But part of the, what the Bible says about the last days, one of the things is, is that uh, th there, there's, a, there's a spirit of Antichrist that's working. There's a move of Satan. There, there's a work that he's trying to accomplish. And the fact of the matter is, is the church, above all, true Christianity and those who subscribe to these principles is what stand, really ultimately stands in the way of this movement. You know, and, and you go over to as the First Thessalonians, because the Bible talks about the spirit of Antichrist and the rise of the Antichrist himself, but it says that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that he that letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And what that's talking about is the Holy Spirit of God who's at work in the church of God. He's letting. Now, we don't use that word very often in this way, but what's, what's letting mean in that context, anyone? Letting? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's, 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 he's hindering. He, he's, hold, he's holding because... There's this work, there's this move that Satan's trying to do, and there's a lot of people that are jumping on board with this, and it's gaining steam. Standing right in the way is truth. Standing right in the way is God's people especially. And the reason why is because the Holy Spirit working in us. But the Bible says when the rapture takes place, the Holy Spirit uh, goes out with us, so to speak. Now, He'll return just like He worked in the Old Testament, how He would convict hearts, come upon people, even indwell people, but not in the same way that we are during this age. But the point is, uh, we are standing in the way. Uh, so, one of the things that we must continue to do, no matter what anybody says, is, man, preach the truth and, as we're gonna, and, and worship God. Because, uh, really, we're not trying to start any trouble. We're trying, to, we're trying to see people saved, aren't we? We're trying to see people delivered. We're trying to see God do a work. So, the people of worship is God's people. The church is the pillar and the ground of truth. Now, I mentioned this last week. Uh, so one of the things that we see in 
that, that, that Peter shares with us also is verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Now that's familiar to many people in here, but you may or may not be aware that the moment that you became a Christian, if you're saved by God's grace, you became a part of a holy priesthood. You became someone who now can go before God, that can go directly to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other in-between. So the moment that you became a child of God, you became a priest, as it were. That you could go before God, represent others before God, a priest. So when we think about the, the, the idea of, uh, of worship, man, the priests are the ones, if you think about the Old Testament, that help lead in much of the worship. Sometimes, again, if we're not careful, we can identify worship as only what happens on the platform of the church, so to speak. Those who are singing or those who are preaching or, or whatever the case may be. But folks, worship should involve every member of the church. Every one of us should be worshiping as we gather together. So, the, who's the people of worship? It's you. If you're saved by God's grace, you are a person that's to be involved in real, authentic worship. Notice not only the people of worship, and we'll talk more about what that means in a moment, but the priority of worship. The priority of worship. If you remember in John chapter 4, and that's where I want to look here, um, and I'm not going to read the whole section here, but uh, when I say John 4, what comes to mind? Anything come to mind for any of you? John, the Gospel of John chapter 4. The woman at the well. And a, the woman at the well was a Samaritan woman. And Jesus was having a conversation with her. And they were talking about, uh, you know, worship. Well, he, she brought up, uh, they, they began to talk about worship and so forth. But, uh, but, but Jesus got down to the end of it. And here's what he says in verse 24. He said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Interesting, isn't it? She thought Mount Gerizim was the mountain to worship God. That was one of the big arguments between the Samaritans and the Jews. Um, but Jesus is trying to get across to her, well, no, Gerizim is not the place to worship God for sure. And yes, to an extent, Jerusalem is the place to worship God. But what you really need to understand is they that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. So there's a, there, there's a priority in worship that Jesus uh, puts out here. Uh, God is a spirit. Now, so we're supposed to worship God in spirit. In spirit. Um, See, the spirit of, the, of spirit of man, let me, let me ask you this. Man is made up of, of, of three parts uh, from, a, from a biblical standpoint, if you get what I'm saying here. Man is made up of three parts. Uh, God is Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And man in three parts is, anybody? Body, soul, spirit. Uh, the body is a pretty simple explanation, right? That's what you see here. Uh, the soul, what does the soul refer to primarily? I mean, it's kind of a broad, it's pretty broad, but what's it primarily refer to, Gerald? Mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, emotions. Um, I bring that up because I've talked about some of the spiritual warfare principles that are associated with this before. Uh, 
that, uh, that, 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 that Gerald knows a good bit about, but it's mind, uh, mind, will, and emotions, which is kind of makes up really kind of who we are. Every man is a, is a body. Every man has a soul, all right? Uh, and also, every person has a spirit. But what does the Bible tell us about our spirits before Christ? Somebody said dead. Dead. Now, dead, death, it's, it's important to understand what death is. A person is not dead until their soul leaves their body. That's when a person is actually dead, when they're separated from their body. They're not dead until then. Okay? So, in the same sense, we've got to understand that the, the idea of death is separation. Separation. So, when, when it talks about us being spiritually dead, it talks about we're, us being spiritually dead because we're separated from God. But, and by the way, can anybody give me a, a, a proof text or a reference that refers to our spirit being dead? That's right, Ephesians 2, 1, and you hath the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So there was a time when we were dead spiritually, but when we're saved by God's grace, we are quickened. That dead spirit is made alive in Christ. And now, here's the point, the, the spirit of man, now, we can experience God with our senses to a certain extent, right? I mean, we, we can see the beauty of what God has made, uh, we, can, we can touch and, and feel the things that... So, so with our five senses, we can get a picture of God. We can get an understanding of God. Uh, with, with our soul, with our mind, our will, our emotions, we can, we can get an idea of God. But, but the deepest level and the real level of knowing God comes through the Spirit. It comes to this thing that just can't quite be described of what it means to know God. Jesus said in John, John 3, verses 6 and 7, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. So if you're not saved, we need to have a spiritual birth, a new birth. But once we are saved by God's grace, we do have that spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. And, uh, you know, and I want to encourage you today, we're, we're just, we're, we're in Bible study, we're in Sunday school, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, you know, if, if you're not confident about finding your place, and we try to get verses up on the screen and everything, but, uh, but, but take time to turn uh, if you want to, and, and find that place, and, and you say, preacher, it's kind of embarrassing because I'm not real familiar with my Bible. Well, this is a good time to get familiar with your Bible, amen? Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and find the pages and so forth. And, and I say that, and some people are like, dude, right here, I'm good. I don't need any pages, you know, and, and that's fine, you know. But, uh, but I will tell you, man, there's just something about those pages. But anyway, Ephesians 1.13, the Bible says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. That's a pretty important verse. It really describes what took place, which is the earnest. What's the earnest? That goes back to the spirit of promise, being the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. So we, are, we, we hear the word of truth. The Spirit of God works. We believe and we are sealed by the, with the Holy Spirit of God. 
then the Holy Spirit in turn allows us and directs us in our worship in a way that pleases God. Pleases God. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 21 through 22. The Bible says, Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given us the earned of the spirits, the Spirit, I'm sorry, in our hearts. So it is the Holy Spirit who enables us to worship in a way that pleases God. In fact, it's the Holy Spirit Himself who stirs our hearts and the very desire to worship God in truth. This is an important thing. So, so I'm still, what I'm trying to do is get through this thought of worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. And that's one reason I'm kind of maybe moving a little bit fast and reading all these verses because I want to make sure that we get this idea. What does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? What does Jesus mean by that? Uh, because there are some people that want to separate the two. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, there's a lot of folks of the charismatic persuasion right there that, that claim to worship in spirit, but I'm telling you, they can dismiss the truth pretty quickly. And if you begin to challenge them on the truth, they'll say, oh, no, 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 I experienced this. So the truth doesn't really matter. In fact... I mentioned the charismatic movement. Let's forget about that for a moment. One of the popular movements, even among what's called the emerging church, which is kind of this, uh, this heretical movement that's uber popular within the world, and the United States especially right now, they almost feel like absolute truth of the Word of God hinders our relationship with God. I actually believe this stuff. And again, it's, it's all asinine and makes no sense, but I'm just telling you what they believe. But the truth of the matter is, is they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I'll just tell this because it, was, it, it, it happened publicly, so I'll just tell it. It was just interesting. Uh, had a funeral a couple weeks ago, and uh, we had one yesterday. had one uh, a couple weeks ago, last Saturday as well. Wedding this Saturday, so we get to change gears a little bit. But, uh, but not this, not yesterday, but the, the funeral I had the, the week before, uh, you know, they had a time to tell, share memories and thoughts and everything. And there was a fellow that spoke up and said, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I was praying and I do a lot of thinking and praying and meditating. And I just want, want you to know that Don spoke to me last night. Don was the fellow that passed away. Don spoke to me last night. And he just wanted me to let all of you know that we need to love one another and uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, dude. Now this dude, listen, and, and, and I've met this dude. I believe he genuinely loves the Lord. I mean, I, I really, really do. Uh, but he's of the persuasion the way you don't let the truth get into the way of his worship. You don't let the truth get in the way of his worship. Um, but truth does not get in the way of real worship, okay? Jesus said we must worship in spirit and in truth. And, and notice where this comes together again. Again, John 16, verse 13. The Bible says, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit, folks, is the Spirit of truth. A um, couple things I'll say about that quickly here, because I want to try to get through my thoughts here without uh, a rabbit trail. And I'm staying on track, believe it or not, so far. 
Uh, but it, it reminds me of a couple things. Number one, it reminds me of, I've shared this with many of you before, but it was just, a, it was just an interesting article. I was sitting in the barbershop before I started cutting my own hair, uh, so it's been a long time ago. But I was sitting in the barbershop, and I was reading an article, and, uh, and the article uh, come up, and it was about uh, this, this woman. She was, the fa- she was the daughter of a famous preacher or the granddaughter. I believe it was actually Martin Luther King Jr. or somebody. Uh, but she was actually talking about how that she... Um, she had grown up and she had learned what the Bible says about women not standing up and preaching. Women not being in that pastor role. She says, she says I learned about that. I was taught that and I learned that in the Bible as a child. So I was really amazed when the Spirit of God began to call me to preach the Word of God. Anything wrong with that statement? So, what she's saying is, wow, you know, the truth says that I, sh- that I am not qualified and I'm not called to be a pastor or a preacher. But the Spirit is saying to me, I want you to be... So, so all of a sudden, there, and I'm telling you, there's this false dichotomy that people create in the Christian world between the truth and the Spirit. But there's no, it is a false dichotomy because there's not a separation between the Holy Spirit and the truth. And and I'll tell you right now, if indeed a spirit was calling that woman to preach, I promise you one thing, that may be true. But it wasn't the Holy Spirit. And I know that because of her own testimony. Because that spirit disagreed with the Bible. Okay? Uh, One more thought on that, okay, real practical. It all comes down to worship. Worship can be very practical, okay? Ultimately, yes. You know, if if you're like me and if you're in my world, man, the images of of where worship goes to is you just imagine, you know, some of those times that we've experienced, maybe like when the Rochesters are here, man, and the sweet spirit of God just begins to work, and and, and man, our hearts are just full of of thankfulness for God's grace in our lives, and, and maybe some tears roll down our cheeks. Maybe you're not a crier. And you cry anyway, that happens to me sometimes. Uh, but, but, but then all of a sudden, maybe just in gratitude, you just raise your... I mean, it's just, just there's an outpouring of the heart. And I do think of that as worship. But it's important to understand the basis of truth and where that comes in all this. So, you know, I, I've heard people, you know, and you've heard me say this many times, but it's so, so true. I've heard people say to me, you know what I believe? I believe if the Spirit led me, I would do ABC. I would do, you know, this, this or that. The problem is that oftentimes we're clearly directed in the Word of God to do it. But I'm going to wait for the Spirit to lead me. I've, had peop- I've invited people to church before that are Christians. And they'll say, well, I'll pray about it. You know, I tell you that day, I just didn't feel led to go to church. I didn't feel led to pray. I, I didn't feel led to read my Bible. I didn't, be, I didn't feel led to praise the Lord. Oh, well, God bless your heart. You can disregard the truth then because some spirit is telling you contrary to the Word of God. It goes back to the old saying of, uh, just, it's, a, it's a little quick saying, but it just that you don't need a voice when you got a verse. Somebody says, oh, preacher, I would praise the Lord if God, if if I ever felt like the Lord was leading me. Or, let's put it this way, I would praise the Lord if I ever felt like God told me to. Okay. Open up to Psalm 145. 
Read the first few, few words of the first verse. Read the last few words of the, and, and go through the rest of those five chapters and every time, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Lift up your voices. You know, and all this stuff. Okay. Yeah, if you tell me to, Lord, I'll do it. See, that, that's not truth. That, that's not worshiping in truth. Worshiping in truth is, Lord, you said to do it, and I'm going to do it. Hey, in other words, it's like this. Some things, there's some things you don't have to pray about. Lord, should I really give? I'm just not sure I'm feeling led to do this. Uh, now, now there's, I understand that there may be things that we're trying to pray about giving above and beyond that we're trying to pray about and trying to feel led. Don't misunderstand me. But when God clearly tells, speak, speaks something in His Word, we worship because the Spirit of God and the Word of God always work together. All right, I'm trying to get somewhere here. Worship in spirit and in truth. And I guess I'm getting there. Uh, if we're going to worship in truth, we must first accept the truth. Jesus was wanting to lead the woman at the well to a place where she could worship God. But first, she had to be willing to embrace the truth. She had to be willing to embrace the truth. Uh, and like this woman, as I've already mentioned, a lot of people think that worship is some place. But really, what Jesus is trying to communicate is that worship is, it, it, it's, it's where Jesus is. And it's why we don't just, there is a thing in the Bible of corporate worship, obviously. You, you read it over and over again where people come together and worship the Lord. That's something that we do. Uh, but we also worship the Lord. Uh, man, I tell you, some of, some of my greatest times ever worshiping the Lord have been while I'm driving. Just be careful, amen, if you're ever around me, okay? Um, because I've just had some, some of the greatest times ever driving down the road where I'm praying and, and talking to the Lord and thinking about the goodness of God. Now, spirit and in truth. I'm going to try to communicate this today the best I can because uh, I'll, I'll just read this par- this, these couple paragraphs and see if I can articulate what I'm, what, like what I want to communicate. Many today confuse worship with emotion. I'll just go ahead and pause right there. Does worship involve emotion? Yes, it does. But many t- today, they get the cart before the horse and they get things backwards, okay? Let me read the paragraph and I think I'll, I'll uh, maybe, be able, maybe it'll explain it with, for me as I go through. Many today confuse worship with emotion. If a church has a praise band with a jam session, that you can experience an emotional high and think that you're worshiping the Lord. But when the same church preaches the Word of God and lifts up Jesus, the people wish the sermon was shorter and get in a hurry to get out. And they want to get out because they want to continue their sinful lifestyle. But boy, they felt good in church, man, and had goosebumps. Now, you're looking at a guy that likes feeling good in church and having goosebumps, right? I mean, sign me up. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for that. But the point is, that doesn't come first. Can people get stirred emotionally apart from the Holy Spirit of God and apart from truth? I mean, I know that's a silly question, but think about it for a moment. A good writer, uh, you know, a a good poet, whatever, can stir emotion and bring somebody to tears. They they can evoke reaction. Um, But just evoking an emotional reaction is not worship. Now, again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. 
I love when we have folks up here that are leading us in worship and we get stirred emotionally. But the point is that the next thing, I, it shouldn't be, you know, oh man, is he about to preach? You know, I, I don't want to hear that, that old story again. And, and it, it ought to be to where, man, that, that we're really wanting to draw closer to God, not only in spirit, but in truth. And that we are uh, really looking when we go out of here basically to be different than the way we were when we came in. It ought to make a difference. Uh, worship is not about feelings, it's about Jesus. The truth. True spirit-filled worship will no doubt include emotion. But the emotion isn't the center. Jesus is the center. The emotion is simply a heart-level response to truth. I'll say that again. The emotion should be a heart-level response to the truth. So, now this goes, to, this goes two, way, two ways, if you will, also. So, number one, worship isn't just about getting emotionally stirred. Uh, even though I believe in getting emotionally stirred. My, my, my picture of worship, again, is a bunch of emotionally stirred people, stirred by the Spirit, stirred by the truth. Man, just expressing their thanks to God. That's, that's what I envision. That's what I, I have so enjoyed being a part of throughout my years. Hey, by the way, tomorrow that I've enjoyed for 30 years of being a child of God. Amen? I've enjoyed those times to where, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, you know as, a, as a young Christian, to where I've sat in church and I've shared this with you. And, and, and you know, just to give you a personal example, that I can remember I've shared with you before, but I, I look over here at this side. Uh, sitting up on the front pew, that's just, that became my seat uh, when I got saved and got into church. It was the front pew... And just a couple rows over, right beside loud singing Jerry, remember that? that? That way I could worship, sing loud when Jerry sang loud, nobody heard me. But on top of that, that's also where I came in the first time I ever heard the Rochester family. Uh, and at this time, I'm not even sure if Brady was still with the family or not. This was the big family singing, and Brady may have already been out of his own, I can't even remember. But I remember the Rochester family was singing, and you know how the Rochester sing. I mean, uh, they're just trying to glorify God, man. And, and there's nothing wrong with, with singers that sing and it's entertaining and, oh, hey, man, you know, hey, you check this out. That's fine. Uh, you know, I, I guess if we, if, we, if we believe in any entertainment, there's a, I guess Christian entertainment's okay and if, that's what you, if that's your thing. Uh, but, man, what I like, my flavor's a lot more just people that get up and are just going to sing and give their hearts and God works and stirs hearts. You understand what I'm getting at? Um, well... Rochester's are up there singing, uh, man, and, uh, and praising the Lord. Uh, well, well, no, let me back up. I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting the truth that they're laying down. Man, they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about heaven. Man, you could, th their hearts are just overflowing with the love and, a great, and, and appreciation for God. And I'm sitting right there on that front pew. And as I sit there, man, I, I, I've, I've told some of you this before, but I sit there and my legs just start going. I can't sit and do it. I'll sit right here and do it. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm just like, oh my goodness. And my heart is just full. I'm like, yes. And then my heart began to swell up. And I know a bunch of y'all know what this is like because I don't know the people that have come to me in the last 20 years of me preaching and being in church that have said to me, especially in the Midwest, all right? Preacher, I tell you, man, I was just about to praise the Lord today. I came this close to shouting. Preacher, I almost stood up and said hallelujah, you know, or whatever. And, of course, my, my response to that is usually, why didn't you? 
Well, that's kind of where I was at. I almost stood up and said amen or done something. But the problem was that wasn't very long into the service and the service just kept going. And God kept moving. And the next thing you know, I just said, Woo! <laughs> oh, preacher, that's not very reverent. But, but I, I've shared this before, so bear with me. I shared it. I know. But, but, uh, but, but, but just a few months before that, that was right after I got saved, a few months before that, I screamed until, until I couldn't talk for Hank Jr. Okay? And I guess that's all well and good, but my gosh, if I'm going to scream until I can't talk for Bo Cephas, I ought to be able to holler and praise the Lord for Jesus after He's done for me. Amen? And, 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 and you know, you, you hear the sports analogies and all that. You know, we get excited. And, and uh, you know, I mean, at some point, man, I want the young people to be over here with their shirts off and their chest painted, J-E-S-U-S. And, no, I'm just kidding, all right? <laughs> Not saying that. But what I am saying is that why can't... Why can't we just worship the Lord? Fans aren't ashamed, are they? Fans are nuts, man. Uh, fans aren't ashamed. May God help us not to be ashamed. And, and man, I just... My, but what happened? My heart was full of emotion, but it was full of truth. I was saved. This is awesome. Then the preacher gets up and preaches, and I'm telling you, it just went to another level. As that preacher stood up there and preached the Word of God, I'm like, oh my goodness. And... Uh, I, it was honestly a really serious moment. It was a main moment in my life to where I just let loose and began to praise God. And I began, known, became, began to become known over the years. I, mean, I would come to church and, uh, and, and, and I, would, I would shout at a drop of a hat, man. I would. I would praise the Lord at the drop of the hat. Matter of fact, I even started bringing my own hat. So I could drop it and praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, listen, I was just all about praising the Lord. And now, and now believe me, now sometimes something would happen though. Sometimes I'd come into a crowded church and couldn't get up here on the front row and I'd have to sit back there with y'all. And, uh, and uh, it's funny, but anyway, uh, but guess what? I still praise the Lord. But when you praise the Lord back there a lot of times, you kind of get some looks sometimes. You know, from uh, Sister Sourpuss and, and whoever else, you know, to where you're just like, Amen, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. What's wrong with you, you know? Uh, you say, what do you do when people look at you? I just keep praying. But the point is, I was emotion I'm emotionally stirred. But man, I told you, I've told you how much the Psalms meant in my life. Psalms will help you worship, man. You read in there and start reading the Psalms, because the Psalmist talks about some times, man, that he is dragging rock bottom. That he's losing hope. That he don't even know what in the world's going on and where God is or anything else. In other words, his emotions are way down here somewhere. Anybody ever live like that? Know what that's like? But you get to the end of that psalm and he said, but then I started thinking about the goodness of God. And I said, you know what I think? I just praise the Lord anyway. In fact, he said, man, I can't wait until I get down to the congregation. When I go to, here's what David said in, in, in so many words several times. Man, when I get to church today, I'm just going to let loose. Oh, see, that sounds kind of like flesh preacher. It doesn't sound like he's letting the Spirit lead him. No, he's letting the Spirit and the truth lead him. He's just not letting his emotions lead him. So I pretty much come to church, and I'm planning to worship. 
Somebody says, preacher, when you, when you raise up your hand and say praise the Lord and thank you Jesus and that stuff, man, you must really be emotionally stirred. Sometimes. But sometimes I'm just stirred by the truth. And I know I'm saved and I'm glad I'm saved. And I know that what's being sung or said is true. So I, in truth and in spirit, praise Him. I don't feel a thing. Don't feel a thing. But I don't need to feel a thing. Because I'm worshiping in spirit and in truth. Now, I love the times where I feel something, but let me, let me give you something else, too. If, 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 if you ever hope as a, as a child of God to experience, many of us, and if you're a newer Christian, sometimes you can long for the feelings that you had when you first got saved. And you can go through this period of time thinking, man, am I never going to have those feelings I had when I first got saved. I was like that, but I'll give you a great, great piece of advice. What you need to start doing by the grace of God is you need to start learning to exercise faith because God doesn't want you to live your life by feelings. God does not want you to come in here today, you had a bad week, you're feeling bad, things aren't great, whatever, so therefore you need to sit there like a knot on a log. You need to make sure you frown. Don't you dare smile. Don't you dare act like everything's okay. You don't have to act like everything's okay, but you can act like God's okay, can you not? But, but, don't, but that's the idea. And then you come in, and, but, but that's not faith. Faith comes in, and, uh, and I could come in and I say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I will, I will enter into His gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to come into His courts with praise. God's so good. Oh, goodness, you must have had a, some kind of week there, preacher. Oh, no, no, I've had a terrible week. Terrible. But my God's good. And I'm saved. And this world's not my home. One day I can just leave it all to the Antichrist, amen, and not worry. Woo, hallelujah. But here's what happens. You start, you start, you start living by faith. I'm, please do this. I'm telling you, start praising God by faith when you're at your home and when you're in your car. Start doing it alone. I don't feel like it. Guess what happens? You start doing it, you'll start feeling like it. Amen. Uh, I, I know there's... Somebody said faith until you make it. But I say faith it until you make it. Amen? Uh, faith it until you make it. it just, we live by faith. We worship in spirit and in truth. And so, yes. Uh, but so, so two things. Emotions in and of themselves, that's not worship. But it's also not worship just because you don't feel emotional that you're not going to worship. Because let me tell you something. Odds are you're not ever going to worship. If you wait. And if I could challenge you in anything when it comes to your personal worship. I said already that if you're here and you're saved by God's grace, you are one of the people that God's worship, uh, speaking to when it comes to worship. Um, but I just challenge you, man. In your pers- Let's start with your personal worship. Start with when you're by yourself. Start with when you have those times where you can be alone with your thoughts. And praise God. We spend enough time praising our problems, don't we? We spend enough time magnifying our faults and failures. Why don't we take that time instead to magnify the Lord? Who's more important, you or God? Who's bigger, your problems or God? Well, the answer to that for some of you is your problems. Your your problems are bigger than your God. Because you make them bigger than your God. Now, they're not in truly bigger than your God. But for some of us, we're bigger than our God as far as our attitudes are concerned. But, 
if we will learn in those quiet moments when we're on our own to say, no, 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 no. I can only think one thought at a time. Yeah, I'm sick of thinking about myself. I think I'm just going to think about you for a moment, Lord. Spirit and in truth. You know what you really need to be able to do this? You need the Word of God, folks. You need the truth. You need to get into the Word. You need to read your Bible, listen to your Bible. You need to find some good messages and preaching to listen to. That will encourage your heart. Uh, listen, I, I'm all about listening to good music that lifts up your heart to the Lord. Do it. But man, get, some word, get the Word in there too. Get the Word in there. Find a preacher. Find a podcast. Find something that will encourage your heart and help teach you because then you will have the sustenance. You will have that which you can grab onto by faith when everything else seems to be falling apart. So start that way. Hey, and, 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 and maybe, and, and, I, and I encourage you to, to, to progress in your corporate worship. You know? so, so, so maybe up to this point, you won't say a word, you won't do anything. But maybe just in your mind, you can start saying, Thank you, Jesus, you really are good, and thank you for saving my soul, you know, I'm glad I'm not going to hell. Praise you, save. Thank you for love. You know, start. And 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 if you're a little bit beyond that, maybe you can just say, you know what? Praise the Lord. Uh, I mean, whatever. But 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 just allow. Just worship him. Just worship him. And I'm telling you, I, throughout throughout my years, I'll, I'll say one last thing about emotion here, spirit and in truth. I told you that I got to be known as a worshiper. Matter of fact, there's still people to this day, after 30 years, there's still people to this day that call me Jumpin' Jesse. Jumpin' Jesse. You know why? Because I learned some truth. I learned, Danny, I learned that Habakkuk 3.18, my life verse, along with some other references, but this is an example, I learned that when Habakkuk said, I will rejoice and I will joy in the God of my salvation, I learned, Ralphie, that what he was saying is, man, I'm just going to spin around. And I'm not just going to spin around, I'm going to jump for joy. That's what joy and rejoice mean right there. Habakkuk wasn't very reverent by some people's standards, but he was reverent because he obeyed God. And so, what did I do? I'd jump and I'd spin around. Amen? Praise the Lord! What, what did people think? Um, probably not too much. But I'm just trying to obey God. And I was trying to worship God. Amen? And so, uh, so, so, so the point that I'm getting to is from an emotional standpoint, it, it ain't all about how you feel. It's about what God says. And just, just be willing. Just be willing to open up your heart and say, Lord, I just want to worship you. Uh, you know, and, and if nothing else, maybe it can just start in a time. I, I've done this sitting in church quietly. And, uh, and, and, I'll just, and I'll just close my eyes. You only need to close your eyes. You might want to see what people's doing. Uh, but uh, I'll just close my eyes and I'll just start thinking, Lord, you're sure good. God, you're sure great. And, and I'll just start praising God when I, feel, when I start feeling overwhelmed or whatever like that. So uh, don't go by emotions, amen. We worship God not by emotions, but we worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Uh, I'm trying to finish this. Danny, I, I wish I could do like you. It's going to be my goal to do it one day, and, and for some of you others. Danny took one of these lessons and just did it in one day, smooth as could be, good as could be, and I'm just sitting there like, 
What's up with that, man? Uh, and uh, really, honestly, Atreyu you and some of the other guys do it well, too. Uh, I think Ryan can do it. Uh, but for me, I just struggle. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, finish point two today after the second lesson, so we're making progress. Uh, but, I believe, but listen, worship really, really is a super important subject in your life. And since I was known for worshiping that way, I'm saying this, and I know it's time, that I got known as an emo- emotional person. I got tagged as an emotional person. I've shared with you before how my pastor, my own pastor, said he didn't think that I would ever amount to anything as a preacher. And one of the reasons why, he thought I was just too emotional. thought I was too emotional. But what, what is it that's emotional from doing what God said? What's so emotional about shouting when you feel like the world's falling apart? What's so emotional about that? What's so emotional about praising God when things are going bad? Not very much at all. But there's a lot spiritual about it, and there's a lot by faith about it. What I'm trying to tell you is one of the big misingredients in a lot of Christians' lives today is worship. Because there's nothing with the Word of God, Spirit and in truth, that increases faith quite like worshiping God. You need faith increased? Start praising the Lord. Start worshiping Him. Start lifting Him up. Amen. All right. Thank you for your patience.